0: Good morning everyone. Uh, thank you Pastor Shell for that warm welcome again and uh, thrilled to be with you this morning. Today is a continuation of Pastor Shell's series on emotional health. And so uh, doing a phenomenal job helping us understand our boundaries, how to love well when we're in conflict. Uh, and today we focus primarily on the freedom of Sabbath. Now to be clear I'm not an expert on Sabbath, and I'm very much in process, and so I'm learning with you today as well. But both Jessica and myself, we've experienced a lot more freedom and peace in our lives in the past few years as we become more intentional about Sabbath practice in our lives. Now, first, I'm going to start off with a very idyllic photo. If you want to throw that one up, so our daughters, as as uh, Pastor Shell mentioned. Abby, Ellie, and Naomi. And of course, it's very idyllic. They're not like this all the time. (laughs) This morning, they're squabbling in the car about who got to sing, and then you know there's uh, you know all 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 arguments that kids have. Um, But myself, Jessica, as an adult, as adults, we're not immune to that as either. We're also in seek seeking peace as well. And sometimes we think of Sabbath the same way. We think it's something that's just perfect and you just arrive in our lives with no efforts, But in fact, it requires intentionality, preparedness, planning, and discipline. Perhaps another example. Uh, I'll give us a phrase that I guarantee you will we'll hear after service, or we've already said before service. People ask, oh, how are you? So, oh, I'm busy. Oh, How's your family? Oh, busy. How's work? Oh, busy. How's the weather? Oh, busy, busy. And so on and on, that's our instinctive response. We often want to show that we're doing stuff, that we're productive, that we're worthy of performance in some way. And actually, we're working more than ever before. The Japanese actually have a phrase called death by overwork, karoshi. We're also busy with play, especially here in Vancouver, with snowboarding, with hiking, with going to the beach, all these activities. There's no end to things that we could be doing. We fill life with activities, even good activities like home church, shout out to Andres, home church Wednesdays. Uh, and I highly encourage you guys to be part of one as well. Kids activities, work, hobbies, all these things can be really great for us but can also overwhelm us as well. So we're often at a very crazy pace in our lives. And there's this quote from the writer Dallas Word that I really like. i will pop on the screen. He says, Busy is the greatest enemy of spiritual life. I'll say that again. Busy is the greatest enemy of spiritual life. I think there's a kind of business that goes beyond our schedule and goes into our very inner being. To so help us remember the origin and importance of Sabbath. I'll highlight four passages for us this morning two from the Old Testament and two from the New Testament. And lastly, I'll share some practical applications for us as well. Our first passage from Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I'll skip around here. And God created the creatures of the sea, every living thing according to the kinds, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters and the seas. In verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female. In 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. To uh, to verse 2, Chapter 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God saw that he had made and said that it was good. He'd been hard at work making the sun, the moon, and the stars, and creates the humans to rule, to steward. And by the seventh day, he rested. God rested. And perhaps you might respond, oh, but I'm type A, got lots of capacity. Or I'm a, I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, or I'm a teacher, or whatever. But here in mind, that God rested. Uh, the Hebrew word, actually, is, is Shabbat. And that means rest. It means to stop, to cease a day set aside for delight. And sometimes our capacity for delight has grown dim, and perhaps we associate more with excess and sin than actually appreciation. But Sabbath is an entire day to celebrate, celebrate the world, our family, and primarily to celebrate God. This is a time where God has our attention, where we can slow down and appreciate be available to him, our family, and our friends. Not focusing on our to-do lists. God worked for six days and rested for one. And he built that fabric into creation so that we also wrestle and work for six days. And then we rest. And so perhaps uh, it's different for everyone. I'm Pastor Shell, uh, working primarily on Sundays, perhaps Sabbath is on Saturday or on Monday. And so it's the same for us as well choosing a time when we are not doing our regular work. And so note two things from this passage. First, God has a series of blessings. Blessing the animals to be fruitful to human beings. He blessed Sabbath. And the second thing to point out, he made the seventh day holy. Sabbath is invitation from the creator to us, his created beings. And we're invited to mirror what he has done. And when we don't follow this rhythm, we reap the consequences. As I'm sure you've experienced, and I have as well, the the hurry, the business, the stress, our immune systems decreasing. Our souls are fatigued. This is why God commanded his people to rest. Now the second passage comes from Exodus 16. And to give some context, Moses had been appointed a leader by God, and he had helped bring them miraculously by God out of Egypt, out of slavery. And they're wandering in the desert, and eventually they, they're grumbling because they're hungry. They're, they're hangry. <laughs> they're not sure what's going on. They know that God is with them, yet they're not sure of direction. The trust is fading i start in verse 9. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come to the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the community, they looked towards the desert, and there was a the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord says to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of Israelites. Tell them, at what you'll eat meats, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I am God. And the evening quail, a type of bird, came and covered the camp. In the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And Moses says, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat, the manna. Gather, everyone gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tents. And they did as they were told. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. And Moses said, no one is to keep any until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. It's the original hoarding in Scripture. Um, So Moses was angry with them. In verse 21, each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot and melted away. Now, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And Moses says, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So, bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save what is left and keep it until morning. Here we see that there is preparation for rest. They're preparing double portions. Rest doesn't just happen like that. That's a good reminder for us. For example, last night Jessica made this uh, delicious pot of soup so that's when we come home from church today we just enjoy it as opposed to what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? And then kids are screaming and I'm hungry. Um, David and Donna dropped off some, um, some meals for us, M&M meats and so Meats. We, we found a sale recently, just bulked up put in our freezer. So, preparation, very helpful. Um, back to our passage. I'll go to 27 here. Uh, oh, sorry, 24. So they saved until morning as Moses commanded. It did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it. But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. And now go to verse 29 here. Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. And again, some context for us. Days and weeks before this, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Their lives had been driven by performance, by literal slave drivers, and had been about accomplishments and performance. And that was their world for generation after generation. So it wasn't natural for them to rest, to stop. And today we too can easily fall prey to that same grind mentality. Notice that God says, I've given you the Sabbath. It's a gift to rest and to enjoy. Now, as a reflection point, I want to consider two questions for us if we're wondering what we should do on Sabbath. So first, is this rest and second, is this worship? So if it's not either of those two categories, perhaps we focus those things on the other six days of the week. So we don't have time to go buy stuff, to spend four hours at Costco, especially on a Saturday. and go a little crazy, especially in the Richmond one. Now, obviously there's times when our kids are sick or different things come up, or burn seas. And we have to take care of those things. But as much as possible, a good principle is to rest on our Sabbath and to prepare ahead for those things. We are free to, to live. There's nothing wrong with working seven days a week. But the Sabbath stands as a gift, as a wisdom for us. This is how God set our souls and our communities to thrive. And sometimes it goes by the wayside. We let work or play just kind of take over our lives. And so we can work on that rest and that worship. For the last two passages, I'll look at the example of Jesus. And this, this passage comes from the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus is the Lord on the Sabbath. In verse 23, it says, One Sabbath, Jesus was going to the grain fields, and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. Pharaoh said to him, Look, what are they doing? With the, what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you ever never heard, never read what David did when his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat, and he also gave to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for men, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, there was no law that you're not allowed to snack on the Sabbath. The Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of that day, they actually wanted to avoid all work so that you could preserve the holiness of Sabbath. They had a good intention. And so to do this, they set apart extra laws around it. So let's say this was the law that they want to uphold. They built extra fences around it to do their best to preserve the sanctity, the restfulness of Sabbath. And to them, um, they want to just avoid that so that they could have a sense of freedom. So another example, they couldn't carry more than um, a certain weight. Um, there's a passage where Jesus asked someone to pick up his mat. And they're, they're very mad that he does pick up the mat because of the Sabbath. So things like that were, their intentions were good, but they've lost the why behind Sabbath. Their heart was to follow God, but they've lost the why, and we too, modern day Christians, we can also fall to the same challenges. We take beautiful practices like Sunday service or home group or prayer, fasting. We make it very legalistic, a cold duty. So let's watch against that, against building fences around these practices that are from God. Again, verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Another example that many of you might remember is from the movie Chariots of Fire. It's based on the true story of the runner, Eric Liddell. And he was a follower of Jesus who represented Great Britain in 1924 Olympic Games. And he was a favorite to win the 100-meter dash. And he was at a time when most people observed Sabbath on Sundays. So he was quite disappointed when the qualifying heats for his competition were on Sunday. He wanted to honor his homeland, his family, by competing, but also had peace to withdraw because his life was not defined by a gold medal. It was defined by the fact that he was beloved and accepted by God. In contrast, another runner named Harold Abrahams was competing in those same games. This is what he said to his teammates. I'm forever in pursuit. I don't even know what I'm chasing. I have 10 seconds, 10 lonely seconds to justify my existence by winning a gold medal. In many ways, we are just like Harold Abrahams, striving and grinding, forgetting that we are accepted by a God who delights in giving us rest. Through the work of Jesus on the cross, on the cross, he made sure that no performance was needed to earn his approval. We are approved through the work of Christ. We need to hear that Sabbath was made for man. And perhaps we're not caught up in the same legalism sometimes as the Pharisees. In fact, many of us don't tend to practice Sabbath. We don't enjoy the freedom that comes from that structure, even though we really need it. Now, here's an example. The, the, the business of urban noise, our digital age, smartphones. Greatest creation, also our greatest curse, perhaps. Have you ever left your phone off or left it at home? I did it just last, last, uh, last weekend. My, 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 my fingers were like, what should I do, what should I do? Should I be checking news, messaging people, answering emails? This is the digital age. What a time to be alive. 24-7 connectedness. But we're not meant to live 24-7. We need the Sabbath more than ever. Our last passage, Jesus heals on the Sabbath in Mark 3. Jesus went to the synagogue. This is back to back. It's right after the passage um, of Jesus going through the fields. A man with a shriveled hand was there. And some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would, they would, he would heal him on the Sabbath. They, were, they, they considered healing work, and they didn't want him to be healed. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, stand up. In front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. And the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. They lost the why. The Sabbath's a day for healing. And it was true in the first century, just as it is true today. So I encourage each of us to consider taking the Sabbath, and not just one. Like, oh, that one time I took Sabbath, I was really good, but a regular Sabbath now for some practical applications. And I made an alliteration to help us remember. So four Ps, hopefully one of them sticks in your head. Uh, First, pick a realistic time. Pick a realistic time. So whatever might work for yourself and your family. And I don't recommend starting off with an immediate 24-hour block, especially if it's not something you've been practicing for a while. And personally, we take our Sabbath on Sundays, though it's been on Saturdays before. So find a realistic time that works for you. Prepare ahead. So buy those groceries, run those key errands, cook meals ahead. I love bulk cooking. If it was up to me, I would just eat one pot of chili the whole week, but my wife has vetoed that 10 times. Uh, Send all those emails, all those messages that you want to send. Schedule appointments or errands that are, are, can be kept those other six days. So prepare ahead. Put away distractions. Perhaps it's turning off our phones. You don't have to leave it off the whole time. Maybe check it, you check your phone a few, every few hours. I love doing that. It's super freeing, it shows that this is not my master. <laughs> Sometimes it's the other way around, honestly. Tidy up the home before um, the day before, so you can have some rest. Clean the bathrooms, tidy up the, the main living area, so that you can just be at rest. Make a to-do list for later on, so that you're not worrying all the time. Oh, there's one more thing I should do. One more thing I should do. And lastly, prioritize worship and rest. So, what are those activities that bring you life? Perhaps it's spending time listening to worship music or it's going for a walk on your own or with family or friends, enjoying the great outdoors, going to the beach, reading a book. That's a personal favorite of mine. And just to illustrate a few personal examples, I have some on the screen here. Um, That's me looking all pensive and great. Uh, We love going to see that that beautiful picture of the mountains and the ocean the creation that God has blessed us with. Uh, the next picture here uh, this my wife Jessica she's, she's a wonderful artist and so she loves to sit down on the beach and make uh, snapshots of God's creation she she enjoys that gift and lastly uh, spending time with her kids um, just that unrushed time where we can really be present with them, I really believe that as we take time to observe, to respect Sabbath, we get our souls back. We observe Sabbath. Jesus is healing our bodies and our souls. He helps us fight off the enemy of hurry and of business. He is healing creation. Imagine if every seventh day, everyone was taking a rest. The, earth, the it would be an Earth Day that the earth would be healing and have time to recuperate. And so before I close your i invite the worship team to come up. Uh, and a final verse will appear on the screen as I close. It's from John 10, verse 10. And Jesus says, The thief comes to steal and destroy, but I have come that they may have life into the full. When we experience the freedom of Sabbath, We wake up to the God who has been with us the whole week. We experience the freedom, the fullness God desires for us. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the work of Jesus on the cross, that we might have a new life. I thank you for the gift of Sabbath. Help us to slow down, to observe this gift that you've given us, that might experience the fullness of life that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.